Welcome, everyone. I'm Jeff, and this is Love and Other Investments. And I'm John. And uh, Jeff, what are we talking about today? Today we're talking about inflation. Ouch. It's a timely subject because things are painful right now. What, is the, what in the world could this possibly have to do with my relationship? I think we're going to find out. Yeah. So um, you may have noticed that things are getting more expensive. You can't fill up your tank without you know, yeah. swearing. It cost me 70 bucks. The tank wasn't even empty the other day. Yeah, I saw a meme this morning that made me giggle. It says, really excited. We got approved for our loan. We should be closing on Thursday on a new tank of gas. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I kind of think that's how we all feel. And it would be one thing, you know, if it was truly funny or if it was just had something to do with um, gasoline. But, you know, it's food. Um, if you're trying to yeah. buy a house right now, you know that interest rates have spiked. Yeah. And what you'd kind of planned on a monthly payment has gone through the roof. Right. Um and, you know, some of these things are going to be here for a while. So we thought, you know, hey, what, you know, this is something that creates financial stress. Can you, can you tell us, though, what is inflation? Well, I mean, inflation is just what we've been talking about. It's when my dollars don't go as far as they used to. Inflation is basically things go up in price. And I don't want to go down a rabbit hole and, and turn this into an economics class. Um, but it's always going to be a question of supply and demand. And when there is not enough supply, um, people overpay. They're forced to overpay. And that happens for, you know, things that we, we aren't as scared about, things like concert tickets or, you know, stuff, stuff that we want that we know is, is hard to find, and we, but we're willing to pay a little bit more for it because it's scarce. Um, and then it gets really frustrating when it starts getting into some basic issues like food and gas and... Mm-hmm medicine and so education. Price, prices climb but wages don't necessarily climb with it as fast right wages are typically you know trailing or coming out coming in later so you know it, it becomes this rude awakening we we know that things get more expensive over time we've seen what's happened with you know health insurance or college education gets more expensive over time and we kind of get used to oh that's how inflation works but we really haven't seen a big spike in inflation in the US economy for 20, 30 years. Yeah, I mean, interest rates have been really low, like record lows, right? Correct. And now we're coming out of that. And some would say, oh, well, this is just getting us back to normal. But when you have a system and somebody, um, and it becomes your normal, yeah, and all of a sudden the system changes um, and your money doesn't go as far as it used to, um, it's pretty disrupting. Painful. And painful. Yeah. And... That can cause some stress. We're talking, you're alluding to relationship stress, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So how, you know, let me ask you, I mean, you know, how, how do you think, or what are some ways that you think that um, the fact that things are more expensive, um, that people's budgets aren't going as far as they used to, Mm-hmm. Um, that that could create some stress in a relationship. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure you're going to see for those folks who have not had a lot of conversation about money or who already have conflict about money, which is incredibly common, you're going to see an increase in conflict, in relationship conflict around, you know, the fact that money doesn't buy what it used to. So now you have a, a perception of less of it, right? Mm-hmm. It has less power to purchase something and that means the thing you need to get like a you know like a tank of gas is going to start eating into the things that you enjoy spending your money on 
mm-hmm. or maybe some other things you need to spend your money on. And there's going to be some relationship stress related to that. Yeah, I think the easiest way to maybe describe this is to um, describe the stress that comes around scarcity. Yeah. Scarcity is when I don't have enough, right? Right. Um, you know, and I, I, I always use the analogy when I think about scarcity of, you know, you're a young couple, um, you know, you both have a job or one of you's working and, you know, life is good and you have a good schedule and you go to bed and you wake up in the morning somewhat rested, you know, life gives you enough sleep and your schedule's great. And then you decide to expand your family and have a baby and the baby shows up and all of a sudden the uh, sleep that you were used to getting it's gone. is gone. Yeah. And, you know, you go, wait a minute, there's still 24 hours in every day. What happened? You know, this shouldn't be, I mean, I know the rumors that kids don't sleep well, babies don't sleep well, but, but, but this is, this is real. And all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's less sleep available as a resource to this couple. Right. And, you know, maybe you went from both of you getting seven hours a night, which is 14 hours of combined sleep. Um, and now maybe the combined sleep available in the family due to this baby is um, eight. And yeah. so there's eight hours of sleep left um, sitting in the middle of the room. Who's, who's going to get that eight hours? And so, you know, you both kind of circle around it like you're playing, you know, um, what's that game with the chairs? Musical chairs. Yeah. You know, you're playing musical chairs with the remaining eight hours and you're wondering who gets it. Yeah. And that type of competition over something that's scarce um, creates resentment. Creates resentment. It creates um, greed, greed, arguments. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, for sure. And so, you know, I would, I'm just basically saying that this time period, whether you're finding yourself, you know, hey, we, we can't do the things that we need to do, or whether you're, you know, fortunate enough to be able to to pay for all the things that have gotten more expensive, but you're not able to do some of the things that you wanted to do, um, or the things that you think you should be able to do, um, even right down to saving. Those can create some stress. Um, and so, you know, what I thought we would talk about today a little bit is how is it that a couple um, can successfully navigate um, dislocation like this? Mm-hmm. Um, that is kind of thrust upon you unexpectedly. Um, so first of all, um, the thing that I might start off with is the idea, and I think some people are kind of hoping for this, is they're, you know, they're watching the news or reading the paper um, for the people who still do that. And they, you know, they say, oh, well, I've heard that um, inflation's going to calm down you know, later next year, um, or it's not going to be a big deal right. next year um, for a myriad of reasons, right? Sure. Whether they're true or, or false. Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things to explain really quick is that inflation in itself is kind of like an acceleration rate. So if I'm driving down the freeway at 60 miles an hour and I accelerate, now I'm going 70. If I stop accelerating after I hit 70 miles an hour Mm -hmm. and I think of that as inflation, I go, well, there's no more inflation. I'm still going 70. The rate of inflation hasn't changed. It just hasn't progressed faster than 70. Correct. So I can go back to a zero inflation rate, a zero acceleration rate after I hit 70. I'm still going fast, which means, you know, prices can go up 10% and not go up anymore. And they're still 10% higher than where your budget was really ready to handle them. So until wages would catch up to that, the the pinch, the the pain is still there. 
yeah, the adjustment still has to take place. Yeah. And, and I do believe that parts of our economy eventually will see lower prices again. Um, you know, we could make a strong case that, you know, gas prices will come down some. Um, we could make the case that some of the commodity prices that go into building materials and the stuff that our companies make mm-hmm. uh, might come down some. So home prices maybe would come down if yeah. construction materials dropped a little. But there's no, there's no strong reason to believe that interest rates are going to come down or that, you know, food prices have to come down anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And so I, I say all of this basically just to, to let our, our audience in on the idea that this isn't something that you can wish away. You're going to have to cope with the reality in front of you. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, if it does come down, if some of these things come down and it makes your life a little bit easier, well, then great. But it is not a plan to say, well, let's just hope it works out in our favor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so what typically happens, and we're already seeing it, is that in times of inflation, people don't adjust their budgets quickly. And so what happens is, is we see people um, taking on extra debt. We see uh, credit card balances typically starting to creep up. And creep is the word of how that works. You know, hey, we're about you know $150 a month short, um, so we can't make the full payment on the credit card. We can't pay it all off. Gotcha. So things just slowly start developing into a pattern mm-hmm. that isn't long-term sustainable. And it doesn't seem really painful at the beginning, uh, but over time, those credit card balances grow and the interest rates grow, and it becomes harder and harder to pull yourself out because you're waiting for prices to go down to free up budget money, mm-hmm. and that may or may not happen. Mm-hmm. You're saying that people want to purchase at the same level they did prior to inflation accelerating, but they can't, and to make up that gap, they would use something like a credit card or a line of credit or something like that. And after a while, it doesn't, you can't sustain that, correct? Right. And you kind of do it at the beginning because you hope this is just a temporary deal. Yeah. You know, you hope you're going to get a raise. You hope wages are, you get a different job. You hope prices will come down. But this is kind of like, and I want to say this isn't a financial experience. I mean, yes, it's financial, but it's much bigger than that. It's a human experience. Mm-hmm. The The place that I connect with this personally is, is this is just like a diet, Right. You know, if I start gaining a little bit of weight because I'm eating the way that I want to eat, mm-hmm. you know, I could wish that I could drop those pounds. And I might even go back to the way that I was eating before I started gaining weight. But again, dealing with inflation, right? right? If my, if my right. waistline is inflating and I just go back to where I was before it inflated, I'm doing nothing with the excess that I've put on. I mean, I like this analogy because I think a lot of people can relate to the suffering that comes from a diet. Yes. It, it's, it's painful. It is. And often unsuccessful. And, I mean, how many billions of dollars have people spent right. on diet books diet and programs and, and right. pills and everything to try to come up with some easy way to address the fact that, you know, we're, we're taking in more calories than what we're burning off. So what are you suggesting? I, mean, I think you've laid out the problem. Right. What, and you're, I think you're saying that this is, of course, a math problem. But on a bigger scale, it's a human being problem, right? It's weird. Right. So what are you suggesting? Well, I'm saying that, first of all, this is somewhat different than a diet because in most cases, I'm in charge of what I eat. But in a marriage, when you're dealing with inflation, this is a financial problem for a couple to solve. 
I mean, we've all had that moment where I'm getting ready to go on a diet. Would you go on one with me? This is absolutely a mm-hmm. moment where, hey, we're going to have to go on a financial diet. Uh-huh. And not just a diet, but more importantly, a financial lifestyle adjustment because things have changed. You need buy-in from your partner. You need total buy-in and total understanding from both people about where you are, what has changed, what it means, and what are we going to do differently in order to address it. Tell us a little bit about the where you are part. So the idea of knowing, you know, knowing your location financially is a really big concept. Um, and we talk about it in our classes. But the basic concept is this, is that I need to know what I'm spending money on. And typically in most couples, one person has more understanding of where the money is going on a daily basis or on a monthly basis than the other. Because they in charge of the money? Because they're doing it, yeah. right? They're doing the mm-hmm. bills. Sure. Um, and so it's really difficult um, for somebody to say, well, you need to change what we're doing. We're not, we're, we're racking up credit card debt. We're going into debt or we're not able to go on vacation or we're not able to save what we were saving and you need to fix it. Mm-hmm. You're spending too much. You're spending too much. We can't spend it's an like accusation. This. Right. Right. We can't do this anymore. You're saying that in order for this whole thing, for, for a couple to figure out what to do about the problem of inflation, they have to understand what they really spend, their total income and their total expenditure. And right. that's what you mean by you say, when you say you need to know your location. Right. And the reason that's important is because we believe, and I think rightly so, that not every dollar that we spend is as important as every other dollar. So I think it's probably more important that you make your house payment than um, buy a new TV or than buying a new television, new game system or something like that. Yeah. Or getting a massage, right? You might really need a massage, but getting a massage after you've had your house foreclosed on and you're homeless, isn't going to quite solve cut the, the problems. Right. Right. So I believe that all of us have things that are more important than others that we spend money on, but I don't believe that most couples have invested the time to go through together and not only know where they spend money, but have jointly agreed upon what the things are that are most important. And we talk about this all the time, that you need to have some shared values about you know what is financially important to you, what is relationally important to you, what direction is your relationship trying to move and how do you use resources? And, and I know I'm saying a lot here, but how do you use resources in alignment? With the values. With the values. So that you're making progress to this thing that you want to accomplish over years and years and years. Yeah. So this, you know, this is a concept you and I have been playing with for years. Mm-hmm. The idea that couples need to have some common or shared values. Some principles or ideas about what's more important to them than money or anything else. Yes. And when they figure out what it is that they have in common with respect to their values, they can use those as guides in Mm -hmm. determining what it is they're going to purchase. Or not purchase. Yes. You know, at the time of inflation, there's there's 8% less money. Right. Or or our money is buying 8% less than what we're used to accumulating or using during a year. So what, what is the low hanging fruit that we can start saying no to 
that we can both agree to. Yeah. And, and maybe have, you know, a little cry about it because, Hey, we're not going to be able to do this going forward. But if you have, if you have some common values, hopefully you're on the same page, you know, like, okay, yes. these are the things that are most important. We're going to spend our dollars on these things or rein them in to the extent we need to. And we're going to, the other stuff is extraneous. Yeah. And so instead of focusing on all the things um, that we're going to do without, you know, shoot, well, I guess Starbucks is out or shoot. I think the way that we're planning our vacation needs to change. You know, people could go, that's terrible. Look at what I'm having to do without. If you're a couple who has spent some time and, and decided what you really want to accomplish over the next several years, and you're still able to do that, and you've only had to slough off a few convenient, mildly enjoyable things mm-hmm. in order to still make those goals, mm-hmm. you don't look back twice. Yeah. You say, well, yeah, that was fun, but that's not what we're about. Yeah. We're focused on this, our common values. Right. So, you know, it's really difficult to say, hey, when your house is on fire, um, you probably need to have a fire station close. And if you don't have one, you should probably get one. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if what you're hearing me say is, is, hey, you know, we're racking up debt each month or, hey, we are as a couple really struggling through the fact that our money isn't going as far and it's turning into some arguments, it's turning into some conflict. Um, if you're saying, hey... I need one or two ideas really quick to fix this. Well, you know, I can give you a few and they're, they're, they're the obvious ones. And that is try to find really quickly a couple of things that you can get rid of. You know, maybe you go through your credit card bills and look at what you've got subscriptions for that, you know, yeah. music services or, you know, workout deals or, or whatever it is that you're going, you know, cut your cable bill. I don't know what it is, but maybe there's some low hanging fruit that you can, trying to triage the budget Mm -hmm. and let go of those things for a time period until you build the fire station. Right. 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 But I think the big deal is, is that couples need to understand, first of all, that if this change, if a 5% or an 8% move in the financial markets, as far as what things cost is kind of unmooring their relationship, then that in itself needs to be a big wake up call. Yeah. As you're talking, I'm thinking, this is an incredibly important relationship issue. You know, when, when a couple is aligned and they're working uh, with the same goals in mind and have some common values that are pointing them in a direction, then, you know, making some changes shouldn't be terribly difficult. But the truth is probably most people aren't in that situation. And, one will say, well, we need to cut out Starbucks or, you know, you can't buy those dresses anymore or whatever. And the other ones immediately are like, you can't tell me what I can buy or not buy. I mean, I earned this money. Mm-hmm. And there's an immediate conflict there. Even if it's never spoken, there's some resentment that can build when you're having hard conversations about what to cut if you're not on the same page. So it seems to me that... If you're in that category of people who are not on the same page financially, the first thing to address is that rather than saying, let's cut out the Starbucks right now, because that quick fix thing Mm -hmm. we all know is not going to necessarily solve the bigger issue here. It won't. So it, it does seem like relationship first, right? Like let's solve the real issues in the relationship and then figure out, 
what it is we're going to do with the actual dollars we spend or don't spend. And, you know, I hate to say it, if, you've, if you have been struggling um, in your relationship communicating about money when things were good, when there wasn't a lot of yeah, inflation. right. And maybe you have some um, well-practiced arguments about money. Right. You know, we, you see that a lot, right? A lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's almost a script. that There's an unwritten script. That's exactly what I tell people. Yeah. There's a script. And the reality is, is that if that's your situation and now, um, you know, the financial pressure has been turned up to 11. Yeah. Because, you know, you were already struggling when, when things were going pretty well. Um, that, that could be pretty detrimental. Yeah. To, that script's going to go over and over. It's going to be more frequent and more intense. Right. So really there has to be an understanding that, Hey, the way that we have been doing things, not, not specifically the way we've been spending, although yes, but the way that we've been doing things and how we have been on the same page or haven't, how we've combined our goals or how we haven't, mm-hmm. um, how we have communicated for the, for the betterment of the relationship and for the accomplishment of core goals in life or that we didn't. Mm-hmm. Those are the issues that have to be addressed. Yeah, And that's where the success in navigating a challenge like this has to come from. So step one, look at your relationship. Yeah, and and ask, have we done okay in communicating about finances in the past? Um, Or has this inflation thing basically taken something that's maybe moved from an annoyance level now into a crisis level? Or maybe there was no issue before, and now you're feeling that that you're in in this position where there's some relationship stress because of finances. What I think you and I are wanting to propose is this is not strictly a money problem. Money has meaning. We, yes. we, we imbue it with meaning. It's different for every person. Right. And every couple has a different, you know, sort of set of meanings they make of money. You've got to deal with the meanings of that money. So, for instance, maybe you know some people who make 20% less than what you make as a couple, and they're pretty content and happy. Yeah. Maybe you know some people who make 100% more than what you make as a couple, they're and they're unhappy. incredibly unhappy. Right. So... Your financial position is not what dictates the success or the contentment or of your relationship. Yeah. Circumstances will change. The weather changes, right? The temperature changes. And we know how to put on a coat or, you know, move down to a T-shirt yeah. um, or turn up the air conditioner. I mean, we know how to adjust to change in almost every area of our life. But now we're dealing with how are we doing a good job in our relationship and communicating about money and can we now change? Because the weather's changed. The mm-hmm. financial weather has changed. Sure. So it, it's a very rational thing to expect. It's, it is rational to expect the economy to go through cycles. Um, unfortunately, if you're younger, if you're under 40 years old, um, you probably have not experienced anything like this before. And you're going, I don't know how to deal with this. Mm-hmm. But it is in your relationship, communication, um, goal setting, how you deal with each other, how you both understand what's happening financially that you that you navigate. This. I bet people who might be listening to us talk right now were not expecting us to go here. Mm-hmm. I bet they were expecting us to give the three or five or seven steps one ought to do to you know to feel better about inflation, like or who to blame, like cut yeah, or who to blame. Like cutting out Starbucks or whatever. You're talking about something that's really different. 
mm-hmm. right? It's not it's not financial advice. I don't I don't even know what that is. I mean, I've, right? It's it's not a, a seven step process by which um, you know there's some cure uh, at the end. You're going to feel better. It's not McDonald's. You go you know you get go in the line and you give your order and you drive up you know thirty feet and then they hand you the burger. Right. This you're talking about something deeper. I'm saying that you are surrounded by um, other couples in your life and you're under, maybe you're feeling some pressure right now because the rules of the game have changed. Inflation is what you're paying for things has changed. Your income hasn't changed to adapt to it. And you're looking around at the other couples around you and some of them are as stressed as you are. Some of them are more stressed than you and some of them aren't stressed at all. And I'm saying that there is very likely a common thread with the ones that are not stressed and that they're able to communicate about this change and adapt to it. They have, an, they have a flexibility in how they deal with mm-hmm. money mm-hmm. without losing their identity. They're on the same page. They're on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so when you're on the same page, you can adapt. And you can, um, you know, we were playing volleyball, now we're playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Okay, I wasn't planning on playing baseball, but we're, we're flexible and we can do it. Yeah. You know, and the other couple is like, no, no, we play volleyball. And, you know, I don't know what to do with this bat. Right. Right. <laughs> so I'll just hit you with yeah. it. Some people are not naturally flexible like this. Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship and that's the case, hopefully one person in the couple can encourage the one who's less flexible. Mm-hmm. So I let me try to give a couple of tips. And, and we haven't run through these ahead of time. Maybe you can add to this okay. list. Sounds good. But... Um, I think one of the one of the basic things that you can do if you're willing to get into this as a couple um, is to sit down, um, start sitting down together, blocking off some time, starting to look at where your money goes as a couple, mm-hmm. and and just sharing some conversation back and forth about how important are these things and why. You know, we're really big in the why, right? Right. Um, why are these things important? You know, so if, like you said, you know, well, if you just, if you would just cut out Starbucks. Uh Yeah. I was just going to say about this. So, you know, I think I love this idea, Mm -hmm. but I think it also has a potential to cause some conflict. If, if the uh, purpose of sitting down and saying, let's look at our money is to point the finger. Mm-hmm. Like if, you know, I think you, you would have to approach this with some genuine curiosity and empathy mm-hmm. and be open to the conversation, not, um, not come in hot with what are you going to blaming? Do? Right. Yeah. This is a, what are we going to do? Yeah. How are we going to share this change? Yeah. The change is upon us, right? Winter's here. How are we going to share this change? Sure. And in a little bit of this gets down to, you know, what is essential for us and what is, what is less essential? Um, you know, are we okay going into debt for the foreseeable future to not have this conversation? I mean, that's really what we're playing for, right? Sure. And if we do go into debt for the long haul, does that lead us to an even worse place? Right. And I would propose likely. Okay. So, so one thought is know where you are, what, what your location okay. is. Um, the other one is um, to find out what things mean. 
right? You said it earlier in the, in the episode, you said, you know, Hey, these things have meaning. Uh, Money doesn't have any meaning other than what we kind of pour into it. So, you know, some of these things are important to you. Some of them aren't. Um, It's helpful to share with your spouse um, or your partner um, why they're important because that helps build empathy, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, This is important to me because of X, Y, and Z. Sure. And I think if you're going to use this as a pathway to build connection and relationship, that when someone else says, your partner says what's important to them, it's extremely vital Mm -hmm. that you not dismiss that because it's not important to you. Right. Just because something is not important to you does not mean it isn't important to your Mm -hmm. partner. So, you know, you have to be open to the possibility that you and your partner are different. Right. So let me give you one other point, and that is don't try to solve this all in one night. You know, it should be a process. It's a process. You know, so maybe, so maybe you end up st- cutting out Starbucks and a massage, or maybe you decide that you're going to shop differently. You can do that one thing together. You can do that one thing where you both buy in together and take a little bit of a hit together to move the needle mm-hmm. um, and come back a week later and say, hey, that's helping. We're not going in the red as far as we thought. Mm-hmm. What else can we do? Yeah. Because success typically builds momentum. I think we're going to have to do an episode on values. Well, yeah. Yeah. So maybe at some point, you know, people keep listening and we'll do one for them Mm -hmm. on what we mean by having shared values. Because you're kind of pointing at that, right? Right. So I, I would just encourage people, you know, as we wrap up here, I would encourage people to take a good hard look at the fact that the weather has changed. And if they're feeling additional financial stress, if they're feeling some relationship stress, um, that it's time to sit down and talk about those things. Um, if they have been in some bad patterns and how they communicate about money, and this is making things worse, then it's just that much more important to try to get on the same page mm-hmm. and start having some discussions. Yeah. Um, so we're going to keep talking about this. Yeah. Um, we're going to keep looking at the ways that Um, couples struggle um, and some ways to get them back um, in alignment together. Sounds great. All right. Thanks, Jeff. All right. Thanks, John.